Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining again. I uh, really appreciate uh, your time. Uh, today, we have a very special guest, um, Mr. Sayed Raj uh, Imtiaz. He, um, he has been a personal inspiration for me, and, and I'm sure he's been um, an inspiration for a lot of other people as well. Um, he, you know, I'll let him tell, uh, tell his story, but in case he, he doesn't, in case it doesn't come across because he's, he usually downplays it and is uh, very humble about it, but he, um, you know, he really is, um, you know, uh, the epitome of, you know, an immigrant success story. So he came, he came from Bangladesh and, and, and made it as a managing director um, on, uh, at Barclays. And he has a number of fun stories to tell. He has traveled to over 70 countries. Uh, and he's also bought Shakib Al Hassan's bat, which is like a really, really interesting story that we're going to dive in today. So um, thanks again, Rajpai, for, for doing this. It really means a lot. And it means a lot to all, uh, to a number of youngsters and even older people at, um, you know, let's, let's say associate VP level who are trying to sort of break through um, up to the, up to the MD slash uh, revenue generating role. So uh, really, really appreciate your time today. Of course, uh, glad to be here and thank you for the invite. No, of course. Um, okay, let's let's dive right in. Um, so we right before right before we started this, we were briefly talking about how um, you're up in Croatia. Um, <laughs> how, how did that happen? You know, because because uh, Matthew South sounds like it's it's in uh, based out of Texas uh, in the U.S. Uh, well, we're yeah, we have well, so California, Texas, Florida, New York. Okay. We have, um, yeah, uh, we have people all over, but yeah, we're mostly U.S. centric. Got it. We have done deals outside of the country as well. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah. So how how did you end up in Croatia? And uh, and tell tell us the story. Yes. So this is not for work. Um, so I, I'm uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm um, dating my girlfriend is from Latvia. Okay. And uh, being a Bangladeshi American, so. Um, she cannot come to New York and I cannot go to Latvia and Got we're it. doing long distance. And so um, we were supposed to meet in, so I went to uh, long story, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you the short version. So, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty um, sure everyone yeah. watching is like, what? Bangladesh, Latvia, Croatia? I'll give you the two minute story then the mid-sized story. So mm-hmm. um uh, so she and I, we've been chatting for four or five years. She posted okay. something about politics on Facebook, on some some politics blog or article, and then we debated and talked. And last year, she came to New York, and I met up with her and uh, mm-hmm. uh, realized she's uh, she's an amazing person. And so um, she was there for, I think, a week, week and a half, and then she's supposed to fly back to Latvia. Okay. I'm supposed to go to China for some business meetings, and then I'm supposed to go on vacation okay. uh, to Fiji, New Zealand, Australia, and Malaysia. And I said, well, why don't you cancel your flight and stay in the U.S. while I go to China, come back, and then come to uh, my vacation, you know, let's go together. And she said okay. yes. And so so we did that, and then we realized that we really like each other. She's uh, special and um so then she went back. I came to the U.S. I went to see her in Latvia in February. Then in March or April, we're supposed to meet up again somewhere. Yeah. COVID starts. So three months we were separated. Yeah. And then in uh, June, I basically said, you know what? 
she's important to me and I'm going to just get on a flight and figure out a way to come to Europe. Um, and uh, since then, she and I, we've been living like nomads. And so we were in Portugal for um, a couple of months and then we're, we're in Croatia for two months. And until uh, she's allowed to go back to New York, we're going to be traveling. So every two weeks we go to a new place. That's awesome. Yeah. So right wow. now we're in Zagreb. Like Sounds like Rona season was a bit of a blessing for you, blessing this guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, life could be much worse. I, I'm not yeah. complaining. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm really happy for you. Um, you know, people came here for the inspiring immigrant story and, and, you know, the Wall Street stuff. You know, we got a bonus love story here as well, which is <laughs> awesome. Um, so, so, yeah, I'm really curious how, you know, so I know a little bit about your story, but, you know, share with the audience, you know, what, how it went down. You were born in Bangladesh. Uh, how'd you end up here? I guess it's a, a bit more common nowadays. Um, you know, I myself was, you know, born in Chittagong um, and, you know, ended up here. But back then it was a lot tougher, right? Like, where'd you go to college? How'd, how'd you end up at Barclays? And, and how'd you end up go, going all the way to an MD level? I think that's that's really where you know, us South Asians, you know, who are from those countries, we don't see examples of uh, as many people, right? Like who actually climb to those, you know, top managerial revenue generating roles. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So, yeah, so you're right. I was born and raised in Bangladesh. I, um, uh, when I came to the U.S., I was 19. So I, I grew up in uh, Dhaka, went yeah. to St. Joseph. Um, I always wanted to uh, come to the, well, I was always fascinated by the world, you know, world outside of Bangladesh. It's just, it's, it's such a big, beautiful world. And why, why not um, see everything that the world has to offer? And I sometimes think maybe, uh, do you remember Humayun Ahmed had some books where, you know, the, 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 the main hero came to the U S and yeah, he yeah, does yeah. cool, crazy things. And the land um, of dreams. It was uh, yeah, and, very and much Dr. so when I was growing up as well. Yeah, and Dr. Zafar Iqbal's, um, some of his uh, biographies and autobiographies have been perfect strangers. This is in the 80s and 90s. So yeah. all these things. I uh, wanted to come here. Um, so uh, I went to St. Joseph and um, after 12th grade, St. Joseph Dhaka College, after 12th grade, I uh, applied and there are some personal reasons, but I wanted to come to the U.S. as soon as possible. So uh, right after my HSC, I applied uh, there were only a handful of schools that had um, application deadlines open, and uh, I guess you can uh, you can imagine this is late '90s, so it's not like now where you go to the internet, right? You buy an old SAT book, or you go to you know use USIS or USIS you know library and um, and try to get information. So I had a friend of a friend in a small university in Kansas called Wichita State. I just mm -hmm. applied there got an offer, came here. Always the plan was to move somewhere else um, uh, to a different university. So after uh, a couple of semesters, I applied to University of Texas at Austin. Okay. Um, if you look at uh, their computer science program, they have a very good program and they were one of yeah. the cheapest computer science programs among the top 20 schools. So I, mm. I did an Excel spreadsheet, sorted them by cost and it was uh, University of Texas and I think Virginia Tech and Texas and a couple others. Applied to those universities, got into all of those, took uh, the UT offer. 
Um, and it went great, except what happened was after three and a half years, I realized that um, I was good at programming. I was not passionate about it. So I always wanted to be like Bill Gates and except halfway through or more than halfway through college, I realized, well, you know, without passion, you cannot be successful. So changed my major. Um, my parents almost disowned me. You can imagine you're doing a computer science and then you leave your, uh, you know, my, my yeah, mom. I have a funny uh, story to share on that end as well. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 I mean, my mom would, every morning my mom would wake up and say, who would give my son a job? Why would he do this to me? So uh, anyway, I ended up doing um, Paul Sci Prelaw, but then I did minors in math, computer science, and business. Yeah. Um, moved, to the, uh, moved to New York, um, got a fellowship uh, at the office of, uh, at that time, Senator Hillary Clinton. Worked there for a year. There was a gentleman there who was a former banker. So this was mm -hmm. his second act. He was now in politics, heard about yeah. banking, yeah. applied. And if you're interested, I can tell you more details about how I applied and how many times I got rejected. But um, yeah. applied, got a job at Lehman Brothers. Then three years later, uh, Lehman went bankrupt. Barclays acquired us. And yeah. that's how I ended up um, at Barclays. So I'll, I'll, I'll mm -hmm. stop there, see if you have questions. Uh, if not, I can tell you yeah. more about, yeah. Yeah, no, th thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, a couple of things just to just to summarize from from that that tidbit, like you mentioned St. Joseph's, which is uh, which is crazy to think about how many successful people that institutional rolls out. And that's been across South Asia, like uh, mm -hmm. you know, there's schools in Nepal and Sri Lanka, like middle schools and elementary schools um, that really turns out, you know, really, really successful people. I, I actually think um, the the key takeaway there is that your peers do matter, uh, and the and the environment you you surround yourself around, um, the the, sure. the excellence is really contagious. So um, that's one thing. And the other thing that I, I took I personally took away was you know it's really tough to do this without passion. Um, and and you can you can really um, force yourself, but but it, it almost it almost never um, comes at the quality it would have come if you really like enjoy doing that. So. Um, uh, Alvi says, go Josephite. So um, <laughs> Alvi and others, whoever's watching this, thank you so much for joining us. Um, just wanted to want, just wanted to make sure that, you know, you're sharing this with your friends. It would really mean, mean a lot to us. You know, Rajvai is an incredible um, inspiration for all of us. So uh, if we can get a story out, that, that'd be awesome. And uh, also wanted to make sure that you know what we do. So the Capsule is a South Asian uh, bite-sized content platform. Our core product is a newsletter, which you can subscribe to at readthecapsule.com. Um, Rajbhai, the, the, other, the other thing that I wanted to sort of uh, dip in is uh, the application process. We have our, our audience uh, is, is very skewed towards, you know, younger people. Um, so wanted to hear more about as, as a Bangladeshi uh, guy back then, you were in Austin. How'd you end up in New York, in, in Wall Street, right? Um, how, how, how did the application process go? Um, and then if you could tell us a little bit about what your early days were like that, that really set you up uh, for that coveted uh, MD role. Yeah, so, uh, so I moved to, and, and this goes to another point, um, you know, I, I would always tell people, um, so when I went to UT, I had some phenomenal professors and they helped me even without me asking, asking them for their help. So 
there's a story here. I applied to Hillary Clinton's office. This is 2004. She was yes, the senator. Uh, Rajpay, yeah. very quickly. So we actually got a question from uh, Anand. Uh, he, he says, how, do, how did you manage to get a fellowship in the government as an international student? And what were the difficulties and how different is the process now? So if you, if you could take a slight detour in the, uh, in the conversation because you brought that up, that, that'd be very helpful for people. Sure. So as you know, there are different types of fellowships and there are different, you know, there, there can be internship, there can be fellowships. At that time at Hillary Clinton's office, the way it worked was um, uh, at least when I applied, so I didn't get paid anything. It was unpaid. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. then my job was to manage the interns. So I was in between the interns and the full-time staffers who were getting paid. And Got the it. interesting story there is when I applied, uh, they said, well, look, international student, you're from Texas. You're not from New York. So yeah. um, great GPA. Everything is great. But thank you, but no thanks. So the next day I go to class and one of my professors, she's a well-known women's rights leader in the U.S., Mm -hmm. um, she saw me and at the end of the class, she came to me and she said, Raj, you're, uh, you seem down today. What's, what's up? You're generally the guy who's always raising hands, you know? Yeah. Um, and I said, well, Professor Weddington, this is the story I applied. They, they said, no. And she says, no, Hillary, she's a good friend. Let me just call them. <laughs> why didn't oh you tell me before? And why didn't you tell me that you're applying? So then she calls them next morning. I wake up with a call from their office saying, why didn't you tell us you're a Professor Weddington student? Okay, fine. So, That's so you have funny. four poten you have four potential offers. Do you want to work in our political action committee? Do you want to work in DC? Do you want to work in? And, so now, uh, now they're chasing yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So I I wanted to be in New York, and I wanted to be in. I ended up working in the Immigration and Foreign Policy Department uh, mm -hmm. almost a year. I did a fellowship, and my job mm -hmm. was to. Uh, do a couple of things. One was to analyze foreign policy uh, mm -hmm. situations and write memos for the mm -hmm. then senator. Second was when there were immigration related issues, uh, it was my job to uh, help the constituents and New Yorkers to fix their immigration related issues. So I, I'll give you two examples. One was, I, I and, and this is 15, 16 years ago, so, so I, I remember, but not the exact details. Uh, there was a, a Muslim American soldier who was killed either in Iraq or Afghanistan, uh, Iraq or Afghanistan. And this gentleman was the soldier was from originally from Pakistan. Okay. So his parents wanted a visa to come and uh, attend, uh, I think, the military funeral here. Okay. And the embassy in Pakistan turned down the visa. Yep. So it was my job to work on behalf of Senator Clinton to talk to the embassy and convince them, hey, this is an extraordinary situation. Yeah. Uh, another one was, I don't know if you all know, uh, the diversity visa program, DV lottery. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. way the actual visa allocation works, once you win the lottery, it has a deadline. Your whole process has to be completed by, I think, September 30th or October 30th, you know, there's a particular deadline. Doesn't matter if the embassy made a mistake, doesn't matter if the USCIS made a mistake. If the, your application is not fully completed by that deadline, the visa disappears. Uh, the allocated visas for that year for you disappear, disappear since I remember working till almost midnight yeah. uh, one year, I think it was 2004, yeah, to 
talk to the USCIS office in New York City to process the remaining 10, one, 10 applications. And there were, one was like the application was stuck in Nebraska. One was stuck in like the FBI or CIA name check process mm -hmm. and kind of getting all those done. So, so it was a fun, exciting um, year. Didn't make any yeah. money, but um, it was a lot of fun helping people and yeah. uh, getting to know a lot of people. And, and that's where I met this other gentleman who, was an ex-banker who right. uh, inspired so me to apply. To banking. Yeah, by talking to him mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and hearing his stories. So circling back to the Barclays application process and your early days there, um, what's what's the story? How'd you end up there? Yeah, so I and applied- back then, was it Barclays or is it still Lehman? It was Lehman because ah, Barclays at that time was, yeah. yeah. So Lehman, so as you know, at that time, one of the top three or four pre or play investment banks in the US. Yeah. Um, I, and this is nothing to say about the other banks, but I, uh, maybe I was arrogant, but I analyzed the work culture of the top banks. And I said, um, Goldman and Lehman are the two places where I think someone like me, where I know nothing about banking could come and get uh, a good support mm -hmm. network and succeed. I mean, looking back, uh, the, the audacity and arrogance of me to think that I have no banking experience, no internship. I'm one year out of college from a non-core school, and I'm the one saying, no, not Morgan Stanley, not, not, not you know, Merrill, not Bear Stearns. I'm going to go. So I applied to Goldman and Lehman, and they both, of course, conveniently, very, um, you know, quickly put me in my place and, and, yeah. and said, great resume go fish not 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 you know we don't have any slots you don't have experience you don't have um i applied to lehman six times they said wow. no six times and i would fedex them my resume i would fax them my resume i would call them i would email them they would say no i was shameless i would say um thank you but and then finally uh the sixth time they said look, Raj, you have a phenomenal resume. You will be very successful in banking. Unfortunately, we are uh, full for this year. Yeah. And I said, uh, well, look, the other day I read on Wall Street Journal how proud you guys are, are about your nimbleness. You're, you'll move quickly. So you just told me that um, I would be very successful in banking. I would assume that a firm as nimble and as successful <laughs> as Lehman could find space for one person. Yeah. But I'll make it even easier for you. How about, and I, I, I mean, now I think about that email and I, I, I turn purple in embarrassment, but, um, you know, um, so I said, uh, I'll make it easier for you. How about you interview me? And if you like me, give me an offer. And for the first six months, pay me nothing. I will sign any contract you want me to sign. You can fire me at will after six months. You don't have to give me anything. Just try me out. Of course, you're in banking. You know that never happens. That I didn't know. I happen. was just, yeah. <laughs> the liability of um, right. So, so there, uh, SVP of HR calls me to basically say, look, you crazy guy, just can you please stop bothering us? And somehow after <laughs> half an hour conversation, I convinced her to give me an interview. <laughs> and um, went through a couple of rounds of interviews and um, got very lucky. You know, most of the banking questions, I didn't know the answer, but yeah. there were some math questions. And supposedly there was one question that this one guy asked 
that no one that uh, that year, that class could answer. It was not rocket science, but it was a somewhat complicated math question. Yeah. And I just, uh, you know, sometimes when you do math, you just see the answer in your head. You just, you just know. And I, I just, I heard that, solved the answer in like a matter of seconds. I gave him the answer and he was like, I don't know how you did that, but no one this year could. And he went to HR and said, this guy doesn't know anything about banking, doesn't know how to, you know, dress up. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't know what socks to wear with what, you know, jacket, but we got to hire this guy. And so that's, yeah. uh, so that's, how I got the job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, 15 the, years the, ago. The dress up one is, is always, always baffling. I remember the first time I, um, I went to the JP Morgan offices, I was wearing a skinny tie and, and, you know, got, got a lot of, <laughs> there were a few jokes thrown around over there, but I think I got away with it because, you know, I was international, I had no clue what I was doing. Uh, you know, funny um, thing, um, you at least joined now. I mean, when I joined, that was still the old school banking era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sure. I, I remember. Very fratty culture. Right? Yeah, an associate. <laughs> wore cufflinks and the rule at that time was mds no one other than mds would wear cufflinks so this associate oh, this guy from like old old money we still have cufflinks. that you, you, we, still, yeah. we still give people uh some some flat but, but what wear, happened uh, was hermes ties or whatnot yeah this what happened was this guy wears cufflinks and this guy's md sends an email to the whole floor 600 people saying did you see jason just got promoted to md today <laughs> Oh boy, uh, Nas, Nas is asking the real questions. Um, he he was also a banker. I'm, I'm, I think you know him actually, Rajbhai. So he's saying, were banker vests a thing back then? This is the the flannel vest that people wear on yeah, on like the trading floors. The Patagonias. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen a few of your associates and analysts uh, rock that um, during your days I, at Barclays. I think not as much now. It's more common. I mean, things have not become it. much more chill, right? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I want to like, you know, everyone, everyone like, likes to talk about, you know, the early days and, and the application, which is interesting. What, what a lot of people skip in their stories is how did, how were the middle days? Like how, what were your days like, you know, when you're an associate of VP, when you're middle manager, right? How do you go from that to having, you know, your own PL, your own, um, clients, um, that is a transition that I think a lot of people don't really get to hear about. So would like to hear, you know, A, what your story was there and B, what are some tips that you'd share with people, uh, let's say who's managing a team of 10, how do they go from, from that to managing a team of a hundred people? So, uh, and before I even go into these two questions, I did want to mention one thing, which is I talked about my story, which was uh, very unique and I got very lucky, but those of you who are applying, who are going to apply for jobs in banking, uh, keep in mind, particularly in the last 10, 15 years, the rule have changed where uh, banks hire way more summer analysts, summer interns, and then they mm-hmm. hire the full-time class from that summer internship. So don't wait until the last moment. I mm-hmm. got lucky. It's not, that's not how generally banking process works. Yeah. Make sure you start, you know, three years before your graduation, do some yeah. finance or some internship, then you apply for um, yeah. summer internship. So, so I just wanted yeah. to mention that. Yeah, um, I completely agree with that myself. Um, you know, Rajvai, like I, like I, I've, I've seen, I've seen recruitment, recruitment process go on and like, you know, a lot of talented people just not get, get a shot because the seats were filled by then. So for sure. that's great yeah. advice. 
Um, so middle process. So I started as a first year analyst. And when I left mm -hmm. six months ago, six of April, uh, I was an MD, uh, third or fourth year MD. So, um, you know, a lot of people uh, complain about how challenging or how demanding banking is. I never had a problem with that. You know, I never had problem working hard. I'm, I've never, I've never had problems sleeping a little less than normal. Um, mm -hmm. I think someone asked a question about a UT scholarship. So um, uh, the way I really, I would say, arbitrage the UT system was that at UT at that time, you could pay a flat fee mm -hmm. and take as many courses as you can. In my last semesters, I mm -hmm. think I took 27 and 30 or 24 and 27 credits in some of the wow. hopper level. That's and wild. Uh, <laughs> average at that time was 15 and yeah, yeah. 21 was, I think, max. I had to go to the dean's office to get, uh, you know. And so... So that's how, if you're taking, let's say, 30 credits and, you know, it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet and uh, paying a flat fee, an average people, average person takes 15, well, you're effectively mm -hmm. paying 50%, you're getting a 50% discount, right? So, right. Um, so, so, I, I, so I have never had a problem working hard and I loved banking. Um, I love, I mean, I'm still in banking uh, and I, I love the idea of working with clients. Um, I mean, where else can a Bangladeshi guy come here and, yeah. you know, in five, six, seven years after coming here, you're talking to the yeah. CEO or CFO of a 10, 20, 50 billion dollar company. So yeah. um, it was a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, someone gave me the advice, be the first person to be in the office and be the last one to yeah. leave. I got the same advice. Uh, it's hilarious uh, how timeless I'm, that is. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm a kind of, I, I like to sleep in. So I was never the first person, but I can tell you I was by far the last person. Uh, I was always reachable. And then what you do is in the middle years, and this is an advice for the associates and the VPs, uh, two things don't worry too much about the next deal focus yeah. on doing right by your client and the yeah. client doesn't have to be a cfo at an associate level the assistant treasurer or the treasury manager could be a good client for you because someday when you're an md that person will be the cfo you will both grow in your respective organizations so that's one and uh, as I said, do right by your clients. If you give them the right advice, if you take care of them, if you're honest with them, deals come to you. So mm -hmm. I did that. I, you know, work hard, treat people right. Um, mm -hmm. I was not uh, and being the first person in my family to really work in corporate America and definitely in banking. I didn't mm -hmm. know much about uh, the banking politics and yeah. you know, partying and all these things. So I, I just kept doing uh, what I thought was the right thing to do. And I was very fortunate. I had great bosses, great managers. I mean, in yeah. 07, 08, in the middle of the credit crisis, I got fast-tracked when I got promoted, yeah. when people were getting fired. I didn't even ask for that. So I had just some amazing mentors who took care of me. Um, when I got promoted to MD, people said you should talk to all the, uh, you know, head of banking, head of capital markets. You should tell them how badly you want to be an MD. And I said, I've been here for more than a decade. I mean, duh, I want to be an yeah. MD. Why do I have to tell yeah. them? So I didn't yeah. do any of those 
and you know lo and behold uh yeah. got promoted so so that has worked out well for me that doesn't mean that that's the only way um mm-hmm. again for some of you who are kind of mid-level bankers um i stayed in the same job moving around sometimes on the one hand you get political capital by staying in the same firm on the other hand yeah. moving around means you can get bump ups both in comp yeah. as well as in um in you know your vp2 could become a deep director one and so mm-hmm. uh so those are things you have to think about and it all depends mm-hmm. on also kind of do you like the group do you like your yeah. you know manager right uh the last yeah. question you asked you're managing a group of 5 or 10 and you want to move up for me managing the people i think that's we focus so much on clients and doing deals and yeah. i think uh we don't focus enough on managing the team and yeah as you become a senior manager md group heads etc cetera, etc cetera, you get paid or your job is you get paid for and your job is to uh to to get the most out of your people i cannot go and bring in a billion dollars of revenue but if i have 10 mds who are working mm-hmm. with me and they're doing their best they can all bring in 100 million and that's how you get to your billion dollars and so Yeah. um and i think that's something that's very important i mean i'll tell you that um uh i stayed i mentioned before i stayed at barclays for 15 years lehman and barclays because of a, a few yeah. people that i felt very loyal to and they treated yeah. me very yeah. very um right yeah no thanks for text, thanks for sharing that that's incredible advice um for for the audience who are a little confused um who are not you know very acquainted to the what went down after 2008 but Lehman Brothers used to be uh, a top tier investment bank but after the 2008 financial crisis um it was bought by Barclays so it's, it's essentially the same firm um just wanted to point that out the the one the one other thing uh I wanted to do is take a few audience questions cuz there's we have you know accumulated a few um there's one there, there's two that are I think that are quite similar so Apsara and Sanjana asked um it's very difficult to get jobs in the pandemic um and you know it's it's been it's been tough to network with people what is your advice for for you know young students and young professionals trying to you know talk to talk to people and and get in front of them yes i'll i'll share a couple of things so one is um when i came to the us i always thought in the us you work hard get a good grade apply and then yeah. everything works out right it's not mm-hmm. like bangladesh you got to know people and that is true you don't have to have your uncle uh, in banking <laughs> but on the other hand networking is very important um a lot of the jobs uh, in banking but in every single field uh they get uh, people get hired based on you know whose resume gets in front of whom and it's generally like my friend's friend is a great junior banker and i need an associate okay let's interview that person so um so it's very important to network and in terms of networking um i mean if you're in the very end of your uh university or in fourth year you're a senior first thing i would say you should have started early but okay we are here now so what can you do uh go to the international the career services office make sure that 
you treat them nicely and when they see opportunities they're keeping you posted use your alumni network yeah reach out to uh, yeah any friends that you know maybe elder brothers quote unquote they are in the industry whichever industry you're trying to break into uh, reach out to people on LinkedIn. I I try my best. Lots of people write to me, so sometimes I I I uh, can't respond. But most people I've seen are good people. They want to help you, so reach out. And when you reach out, ask for. Don't say, "Hey, uh, get me a job." That's not the way things work, at least in the yeah. U.S. But yeah. ask for, you know, ask questions about, hey, you're in banking. Well, what's the best way? I'm in this situation. What would you recommend I do? And right. if you become better, people will, you know, if you have the skills that someone is looking for, by definition, they will then want to hire you. Right, um, right. No, I think I think um, you know that's 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 very that's a very important piece. Um, you know, I, when I was when I was an analyst, and even now, when when some people reach out to me, uh, at times it's not not common, but at times there people do come across as as entitled. So, um, or or you know they you know you owe them a favor type type of deal. So I think I think that's really that's very important to keep in mind um, that you know you're trying you're trying to get advice, you're trying to build a relationship. Um, and and being very respectful in, in that regard. Um, Nas asked another question. He was like, at any point, did you consider leaving investment banking? Both him and I, we did our analyst years and then um, moved on to do different things. Uh, I do believe it's a bit more common now versus versus before, but I uh, want to hear what your thoughts are there as well. Yeah, I didn't seriously consider leaving banking. I was having the time of my life. So I, I love banking. I mean, even now I wake up in the morning and I'm excited to work. I mean, my girlfriend is like, let's go do this. I'm like, no, I'm working. This is fun. There could be a deal. So I, yeah. I love that. Um, the only time I considered leaving banking was I thought about doing my MBA. Mm-hmm. But then my view was that if I like banking and I want to come back, Mm-hmm. Then to give up two years to spend a yeah. hundred plus thousand dollars, um, yeah. and it's it's just and then to come back as an associate when all the other people who would be staying in banking would be two years senior VP, to me that yeah. just didn't yeah it didn't make sense. Um, as I was juggling the, these questions, my boss came to me and said, "We're going to promote you and we're going to fast track you. So um, not only would you be an associate, you'll be a VP in two years." So I was like, "Okay, okay. that 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 makes it easy." So yeah, that was the only time. I will tell you that some of you who are thinking about leaving, if you leave, leave after a couple of years or leave mm-hmm. after you've been an MD, because what happens is once you are a VP or so, it becomes more difficult, right? You now. You 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 got banking. You figured out banking. You're now doing well financially. You're doing fine, and hopefully you're thinking about families. It just becomes more difficult. So then you gotta you better stay till you have saved up enough, and then do something cool and crazy. So I actually think what you did, but not those those are um, that's the uh, smart, thoughtful thing to do. Either leave in the first couple of years, or might as well spend more time and see it through right right um that's that's great advice um i am cognizant of time there's so much we could ask you and and <laughs> to the audience thanks for thanks for asking the uh asking the questions 
keep bringing them, keep sharing, sharing this with, with your friends. Uh, we will be posting this afterwards and we'll pro we'll also post this on Spotify as a podcast. So you can, you can listen, listen in there. Um, so Rajvai, Bar uh, a lot of Barclays, a lot of, you know, moving to this, uh, your story. Um, then you started, then you moved on to do something very similar, but in, in a different role, a lot more entrepreneurial, smaller setting. Tell us a bit about, uh, about your firm um, and, you know, what Matthew South is, what they do, what they specialize in. And what I'm personally curious about is how do you take your advisory skills and the advisory business, which is literally giving advice to clients with your software capital markets business as well? And how does that business model work at Matthew South? Sure. So, so what Matthew South does is we give advice, we give unbiased independent advice to clients on mm -hmm. cap structure and financing deals. So to give okay. an example, so over the last 15 years, my area of expertise is convertible bonds and equity derivatives, which I'm, I'm sure you know, you're aware yeah. of from your time in banking. Yeah. Um, some of these transactions are complicated. If you mm -hmm. don't document them properly, there could be consequences, change of control mm -hmm. costs. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, if you are not being thoughtful, um, there may be stock price pressure on the day of the deal. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe you're getting a 1% interest when actually you should have gotten a little better interest. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. There is a natural conflict of interest when banks manage these processes because the issuer, the, the company, Microsoft, Facebook, they're not the only clients of the bank. The banks also have to take care of the investors. Right. Um, there are uh, other conflicts, for example, if someone comes to you, Saki, and says, hey, I'm going to do a billion dollar deal. Which bank should I choose? You will say, well, yeah. choose me. How many banks yeah. should I choose? Oh, just me. I can do a great job. Give me mm -hmm. all the money. Well, in reality, mm -hmm. a billion dollar deal with 20 million in fees, you can actually hire six banks. So, right. so my CEO, who's the former um, head of uh, West Coast ECM and converts at Goldman, Okay. He left five, six years ago to start this business with the idea mm -hmm. that imagine as you're doing a deal, you could actually get a team of world-class bankers on your side. And mm -hmm. they're going to manage the process. They're going to check the documentation mm -hmm. for you. They're going to keep the banks honest. And mm -hmm. in return, you pay them like a book runner. Right. So, right. so initially it was, um, it, it took and time the to make sense because it's not a, it, I'm assuming it's not a large team. It's absolutely. just a lot of I mean, senior bankers, right? No, uh, you know, fines of traders doing things yeah. and therefore there are no fines. There are no, uh, there's yeah. not a lot of, you know, 17 layers of senior management. So margins make mm -hmm. a lot of sense. And mm -hmm. so uh, no capital commitment, for example. Right. So, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. we, um, so, uh, and the first few years, it took time to gain traction, but now this year, for example, in my field, 45% of the deals had advisors. And I think by right. 23, it's going to be 80, 90%, because once you cross mm -hmm. a certain threshold, everyone yeah. will want to do that. Yeah. Um, so, so that's what we do. And um, software is a- angle. Yeah, absolutely. So we have three world-class software engineers. Uh, our head of software engineering is the guy who built a lot of the models and risk management software at Goldman Sachs for their trading division. Mm -hmm. So um, because what I 
particularly what I do is so quantitative, equity derivatives, convertible bonds, you need robust software and robust analytics, right? right? I also think a lot of things we do in banking and we have done in banking is so old school, right? I mean, someone right. says, well, what do you think will happen to my stock price? And generally the answer is, well, I guess, mm, right? And some guess and why yeah. there are millions and millions of data points out there. Can we not mm -hmm. analyze them and come up with a data-driven answer? So our mm -hmm. software team does a phenomenal job of mm -hmm. uh, uh, come up with data-driven answers. And then I can take that, use my experience and expertise to massage that and then, then come right. up with the right answer for the client. Right. Uh, and what we're, I, I guess, uh, what a lot of people must be wondering is, you know, you had a great setup at Barclays, you're, you know, an MD. Why did you leave? Like, what, what made you think this was the right thing to do? And what were your considerations um, to, leave an, uh, to leave an institution? You've been around for 15 years, you're leaving a lot of social capital, you're leaving a lot of, um, you know, I, I'm also guessing a lot of cash comp on the on the table, right? Um, yeah. So, so how does that um, work? yeah. So I, I'll give a simple answer, and then I can get into details. Um, I asked a friend of mine who is a senior executive for a large tech company, and I asked him. I picked his brain. I said, well, "How should I think about it?" And he said, "Raj, um, when you're going to Matthew South, uh, right now we have mm -hmm. ten, eleven people. I was the ninth employee." Mm -hmm. and um, it's low overhead, um, yeah. you're effectively betting on yourself. And mm -hmm. people who are good in this country, so in the U.S., mm -hmm. should always bet on themselves. Yeah. So, so to me, that was the overarching uh, point is that these clients that I know, that these clients that trust me, I have treated them well over 15 years, would a lot of them do business with me? And uh, if so, shouldn't I actually try to do something on my own? And in a fun right. way, in a group of, you know, setting just 10 people, 10, 11 mm -hmm. people, flat structure. Um, mm -hmm. uh, technically, I'm the head of the tech sector, but in reality, I also oversee mm -hmm. some of the strategic um, uh, directions. So, you know, hiring mm -hmm. and, and, and all these things. Um, mm -hmm. I work with the CEO, I work closely with the CEO to, to come up with those. So it's a lot of fun, you know? Um, yes, being an MD at a 70,000 people, large international bank, that's, 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 that's fun in its own way. But then mm -hmm. um, after 15 years, isn't it time to do something cool and fun? So that yeah. was my decision. I didn't, um, uh, expect that we'll be in the middle of the worst pandemic in 50 years, but yeah. you know, um, you play the hand you're dealt and I left and yeah. I had friends calling me saying, man, I think you screwed up. Um, <laughs> there were no deals for 28 days. People said, you know what? I'm, yeah, the market's what are you doing? at that point. I remember. And, I remember and, being then, the and then, <laughs> and I remember looking back at the credit crisis and I had a view that actually convert market always does better mm -hmm. in the middle of crisis because equity market and high yield markets would close. Yeah. And April, I leave 28 days of no deals. Everyone is calling me saying, man, do you want to go back? What's going, you know? Yeah. May was the busiest month in history. Right. Um, and I think I did two or three deals and I was basically done for the year. So, um, yeah. Yeah. so yeah, worked out well. Um, so, so it was not, a, I will just say that it was not a, 
it was not a push, i.e. it was not yeah. that I left Barclays. It was more that I was driven toward Matthew South. I also think yeah. and the last point I would mention, because Matthew South, at Matthew South, I can help clients even more. Because at yeah. Barclays, at any investment bank, sometimes even when I'm giving a client fair advice, that means I'm leaving money on the table for the bank because I'm mm -hmm. fixing the document. I'm saying, mm -hmm. hey, Sakib, have four banks and not just me. Yeah. Here, there is no conflict of interest. So I, I yeah. feel better. So it yeah. has been a fun experience. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, the one thing that I did take away from that, and I, I, as you see, uh, Rajpai, I always try to summarize because the way it works on Instagram is a lot of people come in and out uh, of these live sessions. So um, the, the big takeaway that, that I heard from, from that was, you know, if you're good in the US, you should always bet on yourself, which is uh, which for is, sure, I which is what you're doing. Super. <laughs> a little bit. I'm not sure if I'm very good at myself, but I still chose to uh, <laughs> chose chose to take that bet. But um, I think I think you know people um, here who are born and raised here, or just um, who have had opportunities. Um, even me, really. Um, we we often start to take that by granted. Like it it really is 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 a place. There's very few places in the world where it'll reward you. Um, in that way where, you know, if, if you can take, um, you know, a, a calculated bet and, and really do something that is almost salesy in a way that you control your own destiny, that is, that is very, very powerful. And that, uh, that's what really gets you, gets, gets you that leverage. Um, I will say one other thing, and this is true in this day and age, this is true, not just for the U.S., but for Bangladesh. I mean, if you think about it. Uh, yeah. Think about how blessed we all are. Every single person yeah. who has joined this conversation, you have a phone yeah. or an iPad or a computer, mm -hmm. you have internet, mm -hmm. you understand English, otherwise you wouldn't be joining this. You're yeah. already much ahead of others. And so, and you're joining yeah. if you're in, 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 in Bangladesh late uh, in the day uh, on a Saturday in the U S during the weekend. Yeah. So clearly uh, you are phenomenal. So if even if you're in Bangladesh, yeah. yeah, why wouldn't you take a chance on yourself? Sure. And if you fail, so what? You know, you, you, you yeah. take chances and it, it all works out in the end. Yeah, yep, 100%. And that, that was sort of uh, my thinking as well. Um, you know, when else am I going to try something different? Um, uh, fun, uh, it's funny, my friend Allison here, um, she, she's an associate at Barclays uh, in the M&A ESG group. So she just <laughs> put up a thumbs up when you said that, which is, uh, which, which is awesome. Um, uh, again, cognizance of time, we're almost hitting the hour mark very quickly. Before, so we'll do, so the, I'll ask you one last question. And then after that, we'll do the fun rapid fire thing. Uh, I sure. tried to explain to you how you know, we modeled it after a popular Bollywood show called Coffee with Karan, where we just bombard you with questions and it's, it's rapid, it's fun. Um, but the last question is, you know, what, what I've been so curious, how did that all, how did that all come down? Shaki's bat is, you know, he put it up for auction. He had a phenomenal World Cup. He, he was like, you know, at one point he was being considered for, you know, man of the series. Yeah, uh, for which sure. Is, and he, Every game he crushed it with both the ball and the bat. Um, yeah. So, so, how, so how, do, how, how did you hear about it? How does an auction work um, for, for those who are uh, uninitiated? And how did you end up winning it? And where is it? What is it doing? Give us the aftermath. Story yeah, so, well. 
So um, a friend's brother was somewhat involved in the kind of the charity process. And he okay. posted something and I reached out and I said, hey, so when is this happening? And this was New yeah. York time the day yeah. before the event or the night yeah. before the event. And he gave me some pointers and I thought about it. And I said, you know, I'll go to bed. I'll wake up in the morning and I'll decide. And I woke up at like 6 a.m. And the first thing I decided was, you know what, I'm going to buy this. Yeah. Um, oh, so, and, so you didn't you didn't have like a price or anything. You you knew that this is something you wanted. I had a price, but you mm -hmm. always you should all. I mean, you should never go and say you know I love <laughs> this apartment. I'm going to pay. I don't care about the price. Right. So no, you should all look. I'm a banker, so you should always yeah. have a price. Yeah. But I wanted it badly enough, and yeah. uh, so and then the price was well within where my cap was. Mm -hmm. Um. So, and that was early in the morning. I, I uh, found out about kind of all the links and how to get on. And then they asked me to be on the video. I was not really very prepared. I was babbling. Um, and then uh, the winning was that was, I, I thought that, I mean, there would be a lot more competition. So I was just ecstatic because I think mm -hmm. it's such a phenomenal piece of history people, right it's just people don't um, realize that it's, it, it's uh, yeah absolutely i mean wait for 50 years and uh, oh my god so I, I, and um so for me it was doing something good for the people it's 20 yeah. dollars for for people who are um, um, can you can you, you tell know, us what that is in bdt just for for people who i are... i can't actually even what it's, did i, I think... pay 20 lakhs right so so two yeah. million taka so that's 25 thousand ballpark dollars 24 25,000 something like that which again like if you think yeah. about it I mean this is this is a bag of uh, a, a, a world-class cricketer who was once ranked yeah. number one in all three forms of cricket he's, this is the bad he yeah. is you know crazy so yeah it's it's crazy. yeah I mean people ask me and said oh my god you spend so much money and I said no this is this is a steal it's a this is a steal and i'm and i'm i'm not doing this as an investment i want to help yeah. people i want to give it to my children someday i want to yeah. put it on my living room wall and just um yeah. I, I want to look at it and take inspiration that there yeah. is a guy you can be the best in the world there is a bengali yeah. guy who did that so yeah. um anyway so that's the that's story awesome. uh, gives me goose, of... goosebumps you know uh, <laughs> you know it's crazy a bangladeshi guy you know, out of Magura, Kulna, he is literally yeah. the best in the world. It, Absolutely, um, and, and, um, and you know, it's it's very inspiring, and and I hope I hope you know one day we can bring him on on, on in this show and hear some of his secrets, just like you know we heard yours today. Yeah, so uh, so I'll tell you, I'll end the story. So I haven't gotten the bat yet, and I'll tell you why. So okay. I am one of the best things that has happened with this is now I have I text with Sakibai. Like it's, okay. it's, I mean, how cool is that? So yeah, that in and awesome. of itself is worth the price. <laughs> and so, um, and so he said, Hey, so I'm going to come in like uh, June or July and I'll give it to New York. And then I left for Europe. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, so I'm coming. Are you there? I'm like, no, man, I'm, I'm in Europe. So he said, <laughs> do you want me to mail it to you? I said, I'm not missing the chance to take Get it, it from, from your you? hands yeah. and maybe grab lunch or dinner and yeah, we'll yeah. figure out we'll meet somewhere. So we say hi, hello from time to time, but um, it's yeah. in his good care. Uh, I'm going to okay. take it from him in person Got somewhere, that. someday Got when the that. world normalizes. You know, when you meet him, if you need a photographer, uh, no, <laughs> <just kidding>. um, <laughs> 
that's that's awesome. That's a great, great story. Uh, Rajvai, thank you so much. That concludes like our main part. Uh, we'll do we'll do a little bit of the fun part as well, the the rapid fire, and then you know we'll we'll call it a day. Thanks again for your time. I'm of course. I'm so I and the audience, everyone's super super grateful here. Um, so rapid fire um, to the audience. If you guys have questions, feel free to comment. Um, you know we'll we'll ask Rajvai. We'll we'll ask we'll, we'll let's try not to not to ask too many personal questions. Let's no no finances, no personal. Uh, relationships okay here and there but let's 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 be cognizant and uh and respectful wherever we can so uh first one is favorite cuisine and dish you know i i, I always loved pizza when i was a kid and then as i got older i realized that i i i love my mom's cooking i love bangladeshi yeah. food and so my mom's goat biryani i i love and i haven't had it in five months so i'm, I'm kind of like the moment i go back to new york that's what's going to be yeah. on my plate I, I drive myself crazy because um, my, <laughs> I, my, I haven't had my mom's cooking in what, almost two years now. So uh, that's, that's a sour topic. Uh, the second question <laughs> is, you know, what we really, what we really, really um, uh, like asking our guests and g gives us really interesting um, answers and people love hearing about is what is the best relationship advice you have for people? Oh, um best relationship advice. Um, I will tell you, I asked um, a friend of mine who's a CFO of a big tech company, and I always ask people who are like that, who are more, you know, wiser than me, more experienced than me, I asked a similar question. And what he said that stuck with me, which is uh, always go for someone with whom you have an alignment of values. Mm -hmm. If you don't have similar values, it's very difficult to have a relationship. But then once you have found that person, give your 100%. Don't, don't do like, don't meet in the middle. Don't say, well, I made coffee for you yesterday. Today, you're going to make it for me. Don't right. keep track. Give yeah. your best. And if the person has the same values as you and you have given yeah. your best, she'll give back and it will all work yeah. out. Yeah. We know you visited 70 plus countries. What are, what are the top three countries or places you've been to? So it's a difficult question. I love, uh, as I go to a new place, I realize how beautiful the world is and how amazing every single place is. Yeah. I, I would say, instead of saying the top three places I've been to, I would say the three places, if it is possible, you all got to try and check it out. Yeah. Uh, one is, um, I was in Antarctica five years ago, five, six years oh. ago. Phenomenal Great. place. And it's a pure state of nature, right? Human yeah. beings don't live there. You got to yeah. go there if you can. Um, it's a unique place. Um, Africa has some amazing countries. And if I had to choose one, I was blown away by Rwanda. It feels mm -hmm. like the Singapore of Africa, but also really? they are one of the three countries that have the last known population of mountain gorillas. And mountain gorillas are so human-like. Mm. And so you trek in the jungles and the mountains and you see them. You got to wow. check it out. Um, that's much more doable Despite than Despite the genocide and all that? You're, that's, so that's the really funny interesting. thing, so the uh, interesting thing is that everyone thinks about, okay, civil war, genocide in the mid 90s, yeah. but yeah. the country has completely changed. And actually the interesting story is now, if you ask some, in Rwanda now, you're not allowed to tell people what your ethnic background is. So this whole thing about wow. Hutus and Tutsis, they don't want to talk about it. It's a new world. Let's move on. And that's how it should be, right? Let's move on. Yeah. Let's, we all yeah. went through a lot of pain. Can we make 
the remaining rest of our lives and our children's lives better. And I, I'm wow. just blown away. There's actually, if you do a Google search, there is a, uh, there's a short video on Rwanda and it's, I, you wait and see, this is going to be a phenomenal country if they can keep doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And the last place I'm in Croatia, I love Croatia. I've been here uh, several times, uh, beautiful mm-hmm. water, great history. It's like, you know, Italy, but even yeah. more unique. So those are the and three. That, that's my dream uh, honeymoon spot. I haven't been, but I've read <laughs> about it that uh, I, I want to go there. Uh, you um, let favorite... me know. I know lots of people here, so. <laughs> yes, I will. I will. Uh, favorite Favorite book? Okay, so this is going to be a dumb answer. I love reading lots of, you know, books on philosophy and history and economics, but my favorite favorite book is um, Harry Potter and all seven of them. Um, the reason for that is, uh, you know, you can think of it as a children's storybook, a novel, but I, I just see that as just, you know, so much about love and relationship and, and mm-hmm. the victory of good over evil. I just, I mean, I've read them multiple times, love them. Mm-hmm. I, if you wanted like some, you know, big answer, I can give you some philosophy book or books <laughs> on politics, but uh, yeah. I, I, I love it when people um, are honest and, and, you know, show their human side on, on the show. It, 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 it's, it's amazing to see how even successful people are, are so relatable. Um, favorite fruit? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I love mangoes and pineapples, but what I miss in the U.S., uh, guavas and boroi. Uh, mm. I don't know what boroi the English is. I, but I don't, I don't yeah. know either. <laughs> you, you can't get them in the U.S., you know, like good guavas and good boroi, you cannot yeah, get, you get them. The so that's... Ones but it's yeah, different than South Asia. Yeah, not the same, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, best general life advice you've ever gotten? It's, oh, it's, a, um, it's, a, it's a tough one. Yeah, I, I look, there, there are lots of, I mean, I can tell you, don't give up and, you know, work hard, you know, do more, talk less, all those things. Um, I got, to, after 2008, when Lehman went bankrupt, uh, I talked to a lot of people, I was going through kind of like, imagine that you're a bankrupt Lehman and then this is right. 150 year old organization goes bankrupt and you're scratching your head and saying, wow, what's the point of any of this? Um, and so one thing I would tell you, look, as I said, all of you will be phenomenally successful. Everyone on this, on this um, mm-hmm. video, um, but be mindful of where you want to be in life. What I mean by that is, um, uh, Ask yourself, what is important to you in life? Uh, mm-hmm. What someday when you die, how would you people, how would you want people to remember you by? Mm-hmm. And live life like that. If you want to be a great father, well, you cannot just chase deals and miss your um, son's birthday for that. Or if you, you know, you want to uh, be in love with an amazing woman and, uh, and, and, and have a family with her. Well, you cannot, again, miss too many dinners and anniversaries because, mm-hmm. of course, you want to be successful and you want to be an MD. And yeah. there is nothing wrong with one or the other. Yeah. Know what is important and then go for that because sometimes we live life where we're just chasing one thing or we're just following what people are saying without asking ourselves, what is it that that we want to be, be that, mm-hmm. that which you want to be, not what, you know, the world thinks you should be. Right. Uh, favorite quote? Um, I love to read about religion. So there are many quotes, but there's one quote from the Bible, the book of Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. I quote this all the time. And, and my friends are like, what are you like a, you're a Christian priest now. So 
um, but you can, it's called the parable of the mustard seed. If you have okay. faith as small as the seed of a mustard, you can say to the mountain, come here from there and the mountain will move and nothing will be impossible by you. And wow. I think uh, the, the faith here is religious faith is what they talk about in Bible. I take that as faith in yourself or faith in, you know, whatever you're doing. So have faith, keep doing the right thing. It will yeah. all work out. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I love that. I'm actually going to check that out um, and read into it. Um, if you could have dinner with one person at any time in the world, who would it be? Um, it probably will be my uh, grandfathers. They passed away before I was born. I didn't mm -hmm. get to see them, talk to them. I'd love to spend some time with them. Um, I, I don't, you know, people will talk about celebrities, but I mean. Yeah, that's, a very, know, that's a very sweet yeah, answer. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, favorite movie? Love Actually. Okay. <laughs> I said song. that to my girlfriend and she's like, what? Um, I also song. have a really uh, weird uh, favorite movie. It's okay. I, I, I hear you on that. Um, what's yours? Mine is uh, this, this Bollywood film called Kapoor and Sons. It's very low key of a movie. Okay. But I, 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 I got to check it out. Yeah, I really liked it because it's um, it shows that everyone is flawed in some way, and people still, you know, just you know, just make 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 through life uh, with that. Yeah. Favorite song for you? Uh, can't pinpoint one. I will tell you, I'm a huge fan of uh, Jagjit Singh and his guzzles. They they speak yeah. to my heart. So yeah. Yeah, that that's awesome. And uh, we'll do two more. Uh, favorite pastime and hobby asked by Fatin. Uh, nothing exciting. I, I read books. I, um, you know, I love to travel. Um, I am very much into politics, which of course you can tell from my work uh, for Hillary Clinton. And so I actually analyze uh, political situations. So for example, before the 2020 election, I analyze all the, you know, battleground states. And I was doing live commentary, like based on the remaining 80,000 votes in which counties they're in. I think it's going to be, you know, Virginia, uh, uh, Pennsylvania is going to be Biden. Like I was calling Pennsylvania for Biden 48 hours before CNN or anyone oh, else called. So you have Nate yeah. Silver in the house. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and then the, the last one is, uh, Mukit knows, um, my friend, like, what's the kindest thing someone has done for you? I, I stole it from my favorite podcast called Invest Like the Best. Uh, and I love that question. Um, so many things, you know, I, I, I'm here for, I would say three primary things. I'm here for three primary things, hard work, good luck, and kindness of strangers. And you'll see, I, I wrote something mm -hmm. on LinkedIn several months ago. Those are the three things. Um, so I'll share, uh, well, one of them I already told you about, my professor who on his mm -hmm. own called Hillary Clinton and got me mm -hmm. the fellowship. Uh, but I think the other one I'll tell you, this is from my childhood, and hopefully this will inspire you guys to, or at least will make you realize how little things can have huge impact on someone's yeah. life. Uh, I have an uncle, my, my dad's younger brother, he was killed a few years ago but when I was a kid he was one of my favorite uncles I used to collect stamps and uh, he was not a rich guy by any means mm -hmm. uh, but every couple of weeks when he would get his salary he would take me to a stamp 
store and uh, he'll give me 10 taka 20 taka this is back in the late 80s i'm talking about 25 cents 50 cents and uh, those 25 50 cents uh, those uh, memories stamps those are the that act of love because i didn't ask for it right someone yeah. gives you from their yeah. heart um that's worth more than millions yeah so, that's uh, such a heartwarming yeah. story um you know again kindness is um it's you know it's i often struggle to find words for it it's it's really special um rajbhai thanks so much for for doing this with us this has been so much fun um you know i can't i can't wait to you know see see where matthew south goes uh, all the best there thanks for sharing all the lessons and and you know uh, the wonderful quote things you know advice uh, so many different things there's so there's so much richness in this conversation i i'm walking away having learned a lot i'm sure the audience feels the same way just to quote my friend nas who just commented he said thank you for this candid conversation and for serving as an inspiration for so many of us um can't couldn't have put it better myself so thank you so much no, of course thanks um, thank you for absolutely thank you for doing this and thank you everyone for joining really enjoyed this and you know reach out to me if there's anything i can do to be of help awesome awesome all right have a good one take care thank then. you to take bye, care everyone. bye